I'm not really sure why I'm subjecting myself to this twice in one day tonight, other than the fact that you have a great Jimmy Hart story that we'll get to in a minute. But I definitely mowed a lawn in Florida heat today, and now I'm sitting in your garage. But it's usually not as like nice than here, or at least during the summer well, months. You've been doing a lot of complaining about the garage. So, you know, I went to work last week. I really cleaned it up. I put some nice pictures up. I put a mustache picture of me up in the room. There's a freshest big boy. And I got you a fan. I wanted you to know that you were really welcome in this home anytime you wanted. Oh, God, I really hope that fan doesn't come up on the microphone recording. If it does, people know it's because you're sweating to death and you're turning into a literal pool in my garage. So I actually have the jeans that make me sweat the most on and I'm not sweating one bit and I love that. I'm sorry if that was a weird statement for both you, Taylor. And I've got the, the jeans on that make me sweat, Taylor. Okay, there's an expression called swamp ass. I'm pretty sure people in Florida originated with this. Swamp ass. Like, how do we get here so fast? Like, it usually takes a while us meandering around in the woods for us to find something truly weird. But you went 35 into this and we're like, swamp ass. See, Brow. the thing you constantly forget about me is I have the ability to wreck a train in less than a second. And I have definitely wrecked this train, or at least I feel like I have. But I will be honest, with this new setup, hell, we might even do a video podcast. But more importantly, you need to tell me about Jimmy Hart, and you have made me suffer for the last two days by not telling me about this interaction, I guess, even though, like, I have one key word, and awkward is that key word. Oh, well, if, if it's my story, you can bet that that's part of it. But the first time, if you guys haven't been listening for a long time, I ran into Jimmy Hart in Tampa... I was a little bit too scared to say anything to him. I mean, he's like a casual. I've said this before and I'll say it again. My mother, uh, when she worked in Keystone area before like the wrestling boom of the mid to late 2000s. But like back when it, like people still lived in Florida, it's a common thing. Chris Jericho, Big Show, all of them were like regulars off of Keystone Circle K, you know? So it's not a giant thing, at least for me that wrestlers are in Florida, but for you, it's a little bit of a different story. So I saw him, I scoped him out at a CVS. I was walking around the CVS doing my job because, you know, I sell some stuff. So I was selling some stuff at the CVS and I was walking around and I saw him and I said, I think that was Jimmy Hart. Okay, so you know how I know this is going to be awkward? Because if it was like a Walmart, maybe a Publix, hell, maybe even a Winn-Dixie. This would make so much more sense because it's easier. There's a lot more people around and it's way less intimate. You could be like, hey, Jimmy, what's up? It was so much worse. It that. was a fucking CVS. This dude was just trying to fill his prescriptions, maybe get some wart cream. And then all of a sudden he has a fucking blood hungry fan that does not realize it's just commonplace no, things that I happen. Am, I am very aware of the fan wrestler manager relationship. I don't want to be the guy that asks him for a picture when he's not ready for a picture. So I purposely know before I walk up to him, I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to ask for pictures or autographs because that's weird. I don't want to do that. But let me guess, you were definitely that fucking guy. But I definitely made sure that this time I am not the guy that's not going to say anything at all. I did not freeze. And I'm honestly so proud of myself. So I hovered around him for a bit, did the coolers while he was checking out. And right as he's about to head out of the door, I hold my hand up and I say, Jimmy, you're an icon. And he looks at me and he goes, thanks, buddy. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, there's some guy walking down the street with a knife over there. And I was like, what? I'm going to take a guess and assume that you were in Tampa, Florida when this happened, correct? Yep. And he said, there's a guy walking down the street with a knife held over his head. And I was like, why? 
And he was like, well, I don't know. I don't have the knife in my hand. See, this is the perfect example of why I was trying to tell you that this is just like a very common thing. Because worst, almost any old man would tell you the exact same thing. It's not, and it just so happened to be Jimmy Hart. The part I left out about this story is we're standing in front of this older lady cashier who's listening to this whole conversation. So I'm kind of baked. I got to be honest, like a little bit baked. And I'm just like kind of like chuckling at the idea that I'm having this conversation with Jimmy Hart, but I'm chuckling out loud and not in my head because I don't know how to control myself. You're in just utter disbelief. Because I'm having a conversation about a guy in Tampa, Florida, holding a knife over his head with Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart. I want to say that sounds about right. So he says, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Someone should call the police. And then she goes, well, I don't think it's funny. And he goes, well, I don't think it's funny either. This is the guy that's laughing. And I was like, this just took a turn in my head and I don't know how to get out of it now because I'm in a weird situation. And I'm like, oh no, I don't think it's funny. I just, when I get nervous, I giggle. And then it kind of like de-escalated from there because he was like, all right, well, nice talking to you. And then he just walked out the door. Once again, I need to reiterate this could have been any fucking interaction with any old person in Tampa, Florida. But it wasn't any old person. It was Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. I gotta say it. At this point, he's just another fucking old No, friend. no, 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 no. We are not disrespecting Jimmy Hart on this podcast. It's not even a disrespect. Like we about, sat Look at so the resume. His resume is off the charts. Yes, but we watched Legends House on uh, the J.D. Oh, Family he was the best part of that show. But... Everything just exuded like, hey, I'm a retiree in Florida. Like, I, yes, I get it that you have a you great resume. You hate old people, though, and I love old people. So all this is just me on a regular conversation, but it's not a regular conversation because he's a WWF superstar. I want to keep the... I want to keep that trend of, like, kind of just talking about old <laughs> WWF superstars, I guess. Uh, and you want to talk to me about Ric Flair's last match. So I guess they kind of mesh together. So why don't you do that? Because apparently... Well, in your opinion, Conrad let, is. Let me up start with you. Conrad. Let me start with Conrad. So I will tell you, he released a web series, and I've been kind of keeping up on the web series. So the first episode, I got drawn in by a classic Ric Flair promo. Easy. He knocks another one out of the park. The man only hits dingers. I'm honestly like not sure what to do with myself. So the next one, we realize we're going to get to see who his opponent is, which I figure they'll do like a press conference. It won't. He's not going to do a work at 72 years old. He's not going to write a TV show. God damn it, I was wrong. Holy crap. He set himself up a perfect storyline with Jay Lethal. Conrad's a fucking genius. Conrad should get Booker of the Year. Fuck it. Give Conrad Booker of the Year. Fuck Tony Khan. It's Conrad's day. Can we give Conrad some fucking love? I want to start this off because you tell me constantly that I hate old people. And it's not like the most off-base statement. I don't love old people. But there is a respect, especially as someone who shares an industry with Conrad, where I have a lot of respect for him. I don't listen to his podcast anymore, but I've spent some time listening to the Conrad podcast. So I want to make it well known that I have no ill will well, towards Conrad. Let me finish the take first. So I think this guy has is putting something into the future that hasn't really been done as far as booking an independent event with this amount of stars. So what we've got here on the third episode is it's Jared's podcast, which is Conrad's podcast, right? Oh, no, 100%. So Jared goes on there and essentially cuts an hour and a half worth of heat on everybody involved with the match, whether it's Jim Crockett, Ric Flair, everybody involved. And you know what Conrad does? He plays the Ric Flair camp. 
So you've got feuding people where Conrad is just basically stabbing him at every turn. So everything Jarrett says, Conrad says, well, is that necessarily true? Because in 1993, this happened. He's cutting his dick at every fucking turn to make Jarrett look like a fucking asshole because Jarrett's playing the heel. Now you've got Flair as the old baby face, which is a weird word. No, 100%. And that's one thing about Conrad is he's super educated. But he's also, if he's going to know Ric Flair's career and be a wrestling and be a wrestling fan, it's meant to be Conrad because Conrad is literally, I believe, the stepson of Ric Flair. Yeah. I could be wrong. But my thing is maybe it's a part of oversaturation at this point because every fucking classic wrestler you could think of that's had a major impact on wrestling in one way or the other has a podcast with Conrad. And hey, that's what he does. He's got that's the mar- great. He's got the market cornered. But I'm also not trying to let me try to figure this out. Um, there comes a time where there's so much factual information being put to where the stories start to repeat themselves. And I think that's the best way to put it. And there's others in that industry that I prefer. So I tend to give my viewership and listenership to them. I'm not saying Conrad's bad at his job. Actually, he's great at his job because at the end of the day, he's a promoter in this situation. And yeah, he has the connections to make one of the biggest events of the year. But it comes down to the connections. And maybe you can go back and say, hey, like he's worked with everyone. Yeah, he has worked with everyone. Well, I mean, that's not on. a bad thing. Are you going to fault him for this, though? Like, that's what he does. But he's pulling out some names out of his bag that, like, it makes sense. It's not crazy that these people would be working with Conrad. But, like, literally anyone who's anyone, I guess, outside of the WWE is associated in some way, shape, or form with Conrad. And they want to get the attention, which it's I want to say it's great for StarCast in general. And they really have turned it up this year. So if we get good wrestling out of it, I'm happy. I mean, we will get good wrestling but out of it. The card is stacked. He's amazing. Here's the thing. The card is stacked, but I don't give a living shit about that last match. Oh, Anything man. that happened after Shawn Michaels kicked his head off in WWE isn't Ric Flair to well, me. Well, I'm, you're being a little jaded here. No pun intended. You're just being a little jaded because you should be excited for wrestling. You should be excited for things that haven't been done in a while from this angle. Like we're seeing them on big budget TV shows. But what he's doing is putting his foot forward and doing it himself, but, which isn't really done on a webisode basis to promote a show, to promote a a match. It's not really done like that. Even though the, this is trailblazing. The, it was good especially going where that was filmed, to me, it came off kind of cheesy. But nobody knows that but you. Nobody knows that. There's not a... I, I wouldn't there, see there's that. N- I've never been there. There's more elements to it, though. I think that some of the production could have been a little bit better. Like, it was almost like they were taking really nice cameras. You, and want, this relying- man, you want this man to film a professional-style TV show. If you're going to go this fucking far, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Give this man a break. But my thing... Like, I was running over with you in the car the other day exactly how this match is going to play out now that it's been announced that it's a tag team match. If you're wrong, will you say you're sorry to Ric Flair? I guess. All right. I was going to put that on wax here. Let me sign your name. But So, Ric Flair will start the match with probably Jeff Jarrett. They will be in the ring for anywhere to two to three minutes. They'll get some good, like, classic spots. They'll make everyone's heart happy and everything. Then it will turn out it will be Andrade versus Jay Lethal for the majority of the match. And Jay Lethal will work some kind of like injury angle. It'll probably be the legs because of the figure four. But he's going to work an injury and you're going to have this where you have 
Andrade getting so close to tagging Rick in, right? And then he just can't. And then that'll go on for anywhere from like five to ten minutes. Then we'll have Ric Flair finally come in and be the hero of the day and have the big memorable spot or anything and maybe even win the match. But it's it's not a Ric Flair match. It's what it is at the end of the day is it's a match that Ric Flair is appearing in is a feature in, but they're but you can't tell the difference from so many tag team matches we've seen where it's been meant to focus on one guy. I love passion. The, one of the reasons why I love pro wrestling so much is because there's a passion in pro wrestling that you don't always find. And one of the things that both of them have been saying through this whole build of this match is there's a period in Rick's life where he wasn't really into it. He was just doing it for a paycheck. And this isn't that. He's ready to show you what he can do. And it is going to be the last much match because he's 70 freaking two years old. Peanut butter and jelly go together so well, right? Well, so does passion and stupidity. But I am willing to suspend belief for wrestling every single time because that's the reason that I like the sport, Will. It might be the fact that I want to just hold on to that memory. But to me, everything after that WrestleMania moment hasn't held up. It I to use it and compare it to Ric Flair's body of work before that moment, before that match with John Michaels, I feel is not only a disgrace, oh. and he can say it himself. I, I enjoy it. I still think there's a place for him, man. I don't. There is. Think, I just don't think don't matter that much. Shouldn't matter that much to a casual fan. I don't think there's a place for him inside of a ring in the way he wants it to be. And I, I think I I would say that I'm ready for him to prove you wrong. Okay, and if he does, I'm happy for it. But I really do think the match is going to play out the way I said. And if it if it does goes a little uh, bit off the rails, I have a couple of variants in my head of how it could play out. Well, but write them down. All of them fall under the I same category. Know, I of what I laid get out down to the bottom of this L.A. Noir style. I want to know for a fact that you had this right. So I would like you to jot down a couple ways this match goes, and then text them to me. You can jot them down in a text. That's a thumb jot. Okay, a hundred percent. That works for me. So. Here's the deal. Not only are there like a million great L.A. Noir videos where like you doubt people all the time, no matter what they say and stuff. Definitely check them out. But there is a lot of doubt surrounding AEW. But here's the kicker. I didn't fucking watch it this week. It's not that I don't care about wrestling, that I don't love wrestling anymore. I don't like AEW's product. I legitimately realized it was Wednesday at 9.59 p.m. last night. You better just fire up the streaming services and go find it then, man. Now, very fortunately for me, I have the ability to uh, watch it whenever I want because it's on my recorded list. So I have it on my DVR and it's waiting for me. I just like to watch it with my wife. So maybe I'm a considerate husband <laughs> or maybe I'm just a fucking busy individual. You decide. You try to play the considerate husband card. I'm a little depressed with that. There's nothing I can really fight back on that one, bro. You win this round. Hey, I do what I can. But I'm just still. being a considerate husband. That's why I missed all the wrestling this week. Before we go into it, I know what happened. I, I know about the Anna J heel turn. You don't I know. have any passion in your wrestling life anymore when you're watching it like this, Will. I'm too busy trying to make other things happen. I'm sorry about it's okay. that. Speaking I of that, keep week. an eye out because I am uh, booking shows again. Hell yeah. But more importantly, I am booking wrestling shows in my own special way. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But tell me what you felt during that barbed wire match. So I didn't hate the match. Like it is getting a rain of unholy crap thrown at it. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. I will say it didn't feel like it was a very well put together piece of art. So if we're going to do 
a barbed wire death match or whatever it was called. If we're going to do this, there's an art form to this where the pacing has to be right. You need you need two people that really know how to command a ring. And what we got was 15 minutes of let's find the next item in the ring and use it. And I think that there are definitely times to this match where I was like, wow, that probably hurt. I don't know why he did that one. But like at the end of the day, you have the cage above the ring and all those people are in it. Tay Conti can't figure out how to get the key in the lock. So they have to slide through the bars of the cage. Like it's not an appealing look when this is happening. I'm sorry, but maybe we practice this a little bit before we go out. Am I being the cynical guy? I fucking guess. But I definitely think there were good spots. And usually I'm not a fan of the Judas effect, like as a finisher at all. It's a clean motherfucking Judas effect this week. I remember getting a text from you like after Dynamite went off the air and you said the exact same thing, which I totally understand. I don't like it like that much. Like every time I've ever seen him do it, it's been like, all right, cool. Like, you know what I mean? But this was a good looking one. And he ended up giving him the Judas effect, pinning him. And then Eddie Kingston came back and threw him into a barbed wire table or something. You but, you said it. From what I understand, like, I did not watch the match. So please don't take my opinion as the end all be all. But you had pointed out that you have to have two people that really command the ring. And I think it needs to be more so people that not only are not experienced in the match necessarily, but have that hardcore tendency that really know how to work that kind of match. Whereas what you got was something to show off really crazy spots because we're so far at this point in this feud. And from what I understand, it's still going now, uh, but we're so far off that we this is the next step, I guess. And wrestling, when it becomes slightly predictable like that, when you're just looking for the next crazy spot or things like that. That's when I start to lose interest. Like, I've still been with this Eddie Kingston feud, but at this point, like, other than the fucking promos, I could really, I can forget about it. And that's a problem to me, is that I'm forgetting about wrestling. And it's not necessarily the card we have in general, because I know AEW has a fucking injury bug. The problem is, is how we're booking it. We're not booking these people that aren't the stars that are injured to be stars. We're focusing on our big name stars that we have to try to carry the show, but we're not putting much thought into what they're going to do and or we're putting too much thought in the wrong place. Let me let me stop you. So essentially what you're saying is you're not a fan of what we got going on these last month or so, right? Because everybody's injured, right? I think the build up to the Ring of Honor show has been more compelling than this because they're treating those smaller talents that are. Ring of Honor exclusives, and from what I understand, the Briscoes are now Ring of Honor exclusives, but to take those talents and truly harvest them and make them feel like the big stars that they already are, because at the end of the day, it's just how you present someone. And honestly, yes, the matches will take a hold of that, but this whole, like, I think Shawn Michaels recently said on the Kevin Nash podcast that, like, everyone is just spot ready. It's We can't tell stories anymore. Kevin Nash is a podcast called the Kevin Nash podcast? I think so. What a fucking jerk off dude what a dumb name for a podcast that would be like us coming out being like the taylor and will show I'm like what is this fucking 2000s terrestrial radio what are you doing dude i think it has something to do with the click but at this point the too sweet to me like it isn't even wcw because everyone fucking does it that's like, just too the bullet club does it too like fucking easy though like he just gets on there he's like go ahead and like my podcast at the kevin nash podcast because you know i'm kevin nash well dude and that's a 
takes me back to the Conrad conversation we had earlier. It, everyone, I'm pretty sure Conrad hosts that one good, too. Good, good for Conrad, dude. I gotta love a guy that's out here working, bro. Conrad's out here busting fucking rump. This guy's the man of the people right now. For the record, it is called Click This. Oh, man. Which is kind of clever. That's kind of clever. I can't be as mad at him. I kind of now wish it was called the Kevin Nash podcast. The Nash pod. Uh, dude, I'm... Oh, it's definitely hosted by... Or, no, it's not hosted by... Uh, Damn, you took away Conrad. Conrad's job. But no, no, it's uh, under Podcast One, which I believe is uh, Conrad's fucking company. He's now subletting his host. Which is so funny to me. He's like, yeah, I'm so backed up. I can't even do these podcasts My anymore. My man, dude. That's what happens when you make a fucking when, podcast but, with everyone. When you're a successful guy, you got to be, you know, he's a busy dude. But uh, we see it on the interwebs all the time. Everyone's going to attack the figurehead. And Conrad is indeed the figurehead of that podcast network. So, you know, I'm attacking him. But no, fuck. I don't even remember where we were. We were talking oh, about AEW. We were talking about AEW. So what I was saying with my initial conversation is, I think the shows have been going really well. I would say that this last week was a little rough here and there, but there were good parts of it. And I think for the most part, I've really enjoyed the last two or three weeks. I got to be honest. And usually I'm not that guy. Like, I don't, you know, love TV, TV. I love a pay-per-view. But, like, I've I've been very interested with it. Keith Lee stuff, you know, Swerving My Glory. I've loved all of this, bro. This last month's been fun. Like I said, I have no complaints about the talent they're using. I think it might just be me being me and overthinking it, especially where my mind's at right now. You want Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and Kenny. No, I don't. I want these people like Daniel Garcia or fucking even Claudio, which I know Claudio has been been working. He has, but. He, All you can ask for is him to get matches on TV, man. He seems like the kind of guy who is just put in the middle of something, though, because he's just like transplanted well, in this. I he's would, just transplanted. I, in the, he's give, just transplanted. Give him a wait and see, because I believe at Ring of Honor he's going to show up just like he was supposed to. No, a hundred percent. But and he is the guy that I firmly believe can lead that division into something that was better than it ever has been. What a weird matchup that's going to be. It is, but you know. I'm not the booker, so I can't really complain. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it either way. I'm sure it'll be a banger. Those guys don't fail. Most definitely. So at this point, um, I know we forgot the uh, flowers last week because of your trip to Boston, but we actually are going to give out some flowers this week. But before we do that, I want to move your review, and you're the man to give it to me. I <laughs> got you. So this week I watched the same movie I've watched 47 times. What does that even mean? What that means is every wrestler that is in a movie ends up in one of these like Kumite on an island movies is what I call them. Where it's just like a martial arts tournament that's invite only. You know what I mean? And you got to like receive a special letter or some shit. Basically just knock off Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect example. But there's a lot of these movies with wrestlers. So this one's no different. It's called DOA. I really liked it, to be honest, but it was mad cheesy and not really a good movie. Kevin Nash plays a guy named Bass, but he also is just playing Hulk Hogan. So he plays Jamie Presley's dad. She's a professional wrestler, and he's a former professional wrestler. He has the Hulk Hogan beard with the blonde mustache on the top. He is totally playing Hulk Hogan. Speaking of that, I can't wait for you to run into Terry randomly locally because he is definitely in the Tampa area and he's just, he treats himself like a celebrity. The the lady at the thing said that Bret Hart came in there one time. I would have melted, dude. 
I would have literally became a puddle on the floor. There's no way I could have said two words to Bret Hart. I wonder how many times I've seen old wrestlers and just pass it off as a crazy old men. You know, it's but Bret very Hart possible. looks like Bret Hart. Like, not a lot of people look like him. You know what I mean? He looks like, like Bret Hart, but he also doesn't look like Bret Hart. You know what I watched the other day, speaking <laughs> of Bret Hart? I watched that episode that he cameoed in The Simpsons, and it's a uh, little side story. Apparently, Fox was like, yeah, we want the mad Russian here. And Bret Hart was like, no, I want to be Bret the Hitman Hart. And they're like, hey, Bret, here's the deal. You can do this cameo appearance, or we'll move on. You choose. Like, we really don't care either way. I'm betting he moved on. No, he fucking did it as the mad Russian. And so he did. It's funny because this episode, he does not sound like Bret Hart. The only thing giving it away that he's Bret Hart is the fact that it's Bret Hart. Like, you can tell it's Bret Hart. They did everything animation-wise to make him Bret Hart, Bret speaking Hart. to you as you're wearing a Bret Hart shirt. Bret Hart. But what's really <laughs> funny about it is, I guess, like, after him doing the cameo, he was, like, at a local restaurant taking pictures with fans. And the Simpsons, like, either one of them was there or they got just word of him being Bret Hart, like, after the Bret fucking Hart. cameo appearance. Yeah. How many times have you counted? <laughs> I'm counting right now. Keep going. Okay. I want the number right now. Wet fart. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so Fox got news of this and they were like, actually, you're Bret Hart. We kind of want to make you Bret Hart. So they Bret did Hart, everything Bret to dress him as Bret Hart, but they did Bret not Hart. have him re-record the cameo. So he definitely does not sound like himself. Like Little Bret side Hart. road. You're welcome. But anyway, tell me more about Kevin Nash and Mortal Kombat. 14 times you said Bret Hart. I'm going to count every single Bret Hart reference during the editing stage and if it's not 14 you're going to be in total hell i totally made that number up i'm sure you did (laughs) i totally made it up so somebody called him wet fart the other day and i've never heard that dude like i know that i'm I'm a fan of bret hart wet fart i'm a big fan like i'm wearing a shirt but like that's a funny nickname like if you're bullying someone and their name's bret hart you gotta call him wet fart you know that is definitely a clever fucking name and I got to say, you, to my knowledge, have said wet fart now four times. <laughs> so we're here. We are here now. <laughs> and I uh, I want to move on with this movie review. Okay, so Jamie Presley. Do you know who Jamie Presley is? Of course I fucking <laughs> know who Jamie Presley is because my name is Earl is my absolute shit. She's, and she's in not another teen movie, I think. She is. She's so good, dude. Like, I just enjoy her work so much. And she plays a professional wrestler in this that's fighting against, like, a Japanese samurai princess or something what more could you want it's a wild movie anything like i just think sometimes when you make a b movie which they did they lost a lot of money actually it was a 30 million dollar budget and they made 8 million but they lost a lot of money but i i imagine they were like how much cgi do you want let's give it all to them because it's just over cgi'd and like it's It's that 2000 cgi too isn't it yes i freaking love it dude so out of 10 i'm rating it a four (laughs) it's not a good movie but it was enjoyable. Like, I did really find myself enjoying this movie. So for your official rating for the podcast, what is your uh, personal opinion, I guess, or personal rating of what? This movie, because I know it's higher for, than a four for you personally. I would, okay, I'd probably give it like a six on my own. Okay, exactly. I can't give it a, I can't give it a six, though, because it'll, it'll fuck my whole, like, I have this whole thing of, like, credit and, like, people rely on me. And, like, you know, that's my credibility be all fucked up if I give this a six. <laughs> what will the movie review peers think? I know, they'll be like, he gave that movie a six, and that's a pile of garbage. Well, go ahead and don't follow us on Twitter if you hate piles of garbage, because, honestly, it's not. 
the big three are at Jaded Rasslin, at Yerov, and at Totspod. Go and follow our friend Ted. He's the fucking man and does the Heel Truth, which is probably my favorite podcast other than ours. So just so you know, you can follow him too. We also have some merch at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jaded Rasslin. Please make me dummy rich uh, and buy a shirt because you look cooler in it. But tell a friend to tell a friend. I don't care who it is because at the end of the day, you never know. Who might dig this? So make sure you tell fucking everyone. And with that, I'm not going to forget the flowers this week. Taylor, do you have flowers you want to give? Because I think you do. I do. Let's go. I'm not a shark. I'm not a fish. I'm not an avalanche. I'm a man. Oh, my God. I'm the John fucking Tenta, John Tenta A 500-pound man. Why do I feel like you didn't even know that's who you're going to give your flowers Listen, to? You're like on the spot. It's fucking. shark week. Say no more. Say no more. John Tenta should get the flowers every week. I should now just make John Tenta my new Kyle O'Reilly. You know, I'm not surprised. I did think you were to go with Shark Boy, but here we are. I have someone, and it's almost maybe like a double up from last week because it wasn't on this episode of NXT, but it was on last episode of NXT is the way I'm going to put this. If you give your flowers to the Wardlow, I'm setting this place on fire. I'm not giving him my flowers. I'm actually giving my flowers this week to the skateboard that broke on Cora Jade before (laughs) she was actually able to hit Roxanne Perez or Roxy. Whatever you want to call her. But no, that skateboard has been making my heart so happy on my timeline for almost two weeks at this point. That's pro wrestling though, man. Things happen and you move on. Uh, it's, it's part of the show. I That's will why fucking never move on, Taylor. I love that it. skateboard. Will be with me till the day I die. It's a classic moment, like the Shockmaster. It's a forever moment, it's and it stays go, in my heart. It's gonna and go. Fuck, on. If you watch us on YouTube, there might be a couple weeks of interruption because we're working on video, like I said earlier in the podcast. But even the intro fucking has the Shockmaster clip. Can I tell you? I organically watched that episode of Clash of the Champions though the other day, and it was like all of a sudden I just see Sting and fucking. Sid Vicious like yelling at each other and then the Shockmaster and I'm like fuck yeah let's go I just I knew before the promo even ended because I just saw the scenery and I was like oh this is that Shockmaster promo what sting is it? Surfer Sting oh the best the best sting gotta love it I think I'm alone in that do you think I'm the only person that feels like Surfer Sting is elite? So I will say in ring you're you're not alone at all there are a lot of people that prefer Surfer Sting he's a unit but as far as like entering work, Surfer Sting is something else. As far as character work, or I don't know, nineties like Crow Sting did it for me. But no. I also love that Crow movie. I don't so. know, man. I don't know. There's something about a real life superhero who works with RoboCop on the side. I'm gonna say this, and that's hey, 35 year of RoboCop, real quick. Shout out to RoboCop, 35th anniversary. Fuck you! You can't give out your fireworks again. <laughs> I will say this and end the podcast. If Thornhill was really serious, they should have got Sting for that music video. It would have made so much more sense. What's Thornhill? Thornhill.